Praise the Lord. While you're standing, one verse of scripture this morning, and then I'll let you be seated. We're just going to read the first verse off of this today, and then I'll get on through it. But you've been standing and worshiping, and thank, thankful for our music and our choir today. Our praise team did a tremendous job for our media and sound. Just appreciate them, our security team, all of our teachers. We thank you for all that you're doing. 1 Corinthians 15 and 13. All right into the church. He said, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Man, that's a sobering statement. I want to preach for just a few minutes on this today just to remind us that there was a resurrection, that there was a resurrection. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. We're thankful. Give you honor and glory. And we are thankful for your death, burial, and resurrection today, for that precious blood that purchased us. God, touch our hearts today. Help us with our struggles, the things that we're going through. Let us just be comforted and reminded today of the price you paid for us. And let us remember your love and mercy is new every day. Lord, let our ears hear what you would say. Get us ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. God's good. And as you're seated, maybe turn and tell your neighbor, hey, there was a resurrection. Remind them. Something we need to remember. Praise God. We were talking about this on Friday night. The, the youth had their Good Friday worship and different things. And, uh, and I was, during that session, I just begin to think, and I've, I've done this often, I've thought of how the disciples and those that were closest to Jesus, and we read some of it in Scripture, how they were very sad and sorrowful. I said, can you imagine uh, watching him die and take his last breath on that cross and seeing the shape that his body was in? I, I can't imagine a more sad or miserable group than the closest followers of Jesus at that time. You know, for, and after they took him down and they laid him in the tomb, of course, uh, there's a time that they can't even go to, to, to check on him or anything, and they're, they're just sitting together wondering what happened. How did we go from watching the dead raised, to watching multitudes fed, to watching demons cast out and bodies healed? How did we go from the hope that we had to this? And see, we... We know the story because we've read it. And when they recorded it, they were recording it in past tense. So there's things in Scripture, even as we read, that we know he's going to rise again because he said he would. But they didn't know that. So now what do we do? Where do we go? Their loyalty to Jesus was about to give them the greatest revelation because they didn't just disperse they stayed together. There's got to be something. He said some more things. They were trying to figure it out, but that loyalty that they had, that relationship that they had had with him uh, was about to pronounce to them the greatest words they had ever heard in the, in, on this side of glory anyway. I can't imagine hearing anything greater than well done. But the ladies that heard this that morning, Matthew 28 and 5, the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not. I know that you seek Jesus, 
which was crucified. He is not here. Well, now, if that's all he says, well, then where is he? What happened to him? But he says he is risen. He hasn't been moved. He hasn't been stolen. There's no plan or plot going on except the plan that he had from the beginning of time. He has risen as he said. And then he, just because he knows their flesh and blood, come on and see the place where the Lord lay. The angel wanted to make sure that they got this. I, need, I know you heard what I said. I reminded you of what he said. But just with your own eyes, come and see where he lay. Because I need you to understand something today. That no matter what they did to him, he did exactly what he said he would do. Destroy this temple and in three days, I will raise it up. Oh, let me tell you, there ain't too many people get excited about empty. Nobody wants an empty wallet, an empty bank account. Nobody likes it when the gas tank's empty. Nobody likes it when a box of donuts is empty. Nobody likes empty. We like full. We like cups running over. We, we like things in abundance. We like life and life more abundantly. But we needed an empty tomb. Oh, if they had found him, it would have been worse. If, they, if he would still been there, oh, we have no hope. Friend, I'm telling you today that because that tomb was empty, it simply confirmed the word of the Lord. In him, the promises of God are yea, and in him, amen. When Jesus says it, he'll do it. If he said, destroy this temple, do your worst. Three days, I'm going to raise it back up. It showed us that we're going to see some things. Hey, let me tell you, when they saw that empty tomb, it was simply, the scripture says that these things were done for an example. They were done for our learning. They were so we could get some revelation about some things. If you don't think that Jesus will blow your mind, that even though you saw something happen and you know it's this bad and it's this way, and you think there's no way it can change, oh, it can change. He said, I make all things new. I make all things new. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Oh, you know, they were excited when Lazarus came forth. Well, they loved Lazarus. The Mary and Martha, that's our brother and he's back and all his friends and all those people around. We're glad that Lazarus is here. But Lazarus wasn't the miracle worker. Jesus was the miracle worker. Lazarus wasn't the savior. Jesus was the savior. And they, when they saw that that tomb was empty, when they heard the angels say he is risen just as he said, Oh, I, that would give me a little faith because I heard him say, peace be still, and the wind stopped. I heard him say, Lazarus, come forth, and it happened. I heard him say, receive thy sight, and it happened. I, I, when he spoke, things began to happen. Right. Woo! I'm glad today that, that Jesus showed us in this resurrection. You can start speaking some things in faith. Because he lives, honey, I can face tomorrow. But not just tomorrow, I can face today. And hey, because he lives, I'm going to live forever somewhere one day. Well, if there had not been a resurrection, things are going to be bad. If there had not been a resurrection, there is no hope. But there was a resurrection. But Paul needed to pull their mind to a place that they didn't want to go. He said, listen, if there is no resurrection, then Christ is not risen. What's that mean? He said, if Christ is not risen, then your, our preaching is in vain. Your faith is in vain. We're false witnesses of God because we have testified that God raised him up. 
whom he raised not of if the dead doesn't rise. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. And you're yet in your sins. Start thinking about that for a minute. If there is no resurrection, we're still in our sin. He said, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ, they're perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we would be of all men most miserable. If it was only for the here and now, if it was only about miracles and healings but no resurrection, we would just be miserable. But now. Oh, you hear people, they, they love that, that but God. You know, we love that. Well, here's a but now. <laughs> you know, if Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain. But now, that word now is big because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. He is risen just as he said. He said, destroy this temple and in three days, not one day, we get impatient. Not two days. He said, but three days. Let patience have her perfect work. Hang in there. Quit trying to rush God. When he comes through, it'll, it'll blow your mind. It'll be bigger than anything you can imagine. In John 10, Jesus said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. Friend, it was proof when that tomb was empty that if this world destroys you, if it steals from you, if it, if it kills you even, things can still be made whole. I don't want you to lose hope in this life. I want you to have hope in the life that's coming. But in this life, I want you to have hope that Jesus can do what he said he would do. He can still heal the sick. And hey, he can still even raise the dead. And he's still washing people's sins away. He's still giving hope to the hopeless. He's still calling people out of darkness into marvelous light. He didn't go into retirement when he left the tomb. Remember, he punched in for a full-time job. Hey, and he hired us on to be workers together with him to go out and preach the gospel, to tell people that there was a death, that there was a burial, but that there was a resurrection. Because death and burial, that's just this life. But resurrection is life everlasting. Resurrection is life every day. Resurrection is, I'm coming out of this thing. I'm coming out of this tomb. It doesn't matter what they do to me. Destroy this life. And Jesus showed me I can still make it new. I can take care of it. I'm glad that there was a resurrection. Paul was dealing with people at that time who said there was no resurrection. And even in Jesus' day, there were the Sadducees who, who they did not believe there was a resurrection. I heard a guy say one time, he said, because they, they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe there was a resurrection. <laughs> That's cheesy. I, I, hey, I'm still a dad. Dad jokes, you get them from across the pulpit or anywhere. It's, it's going to happen. But there were people even then that did not believe there was a resurrection. That there was no hope beyond this but I'm so glad we have hope beyond this life. And I'm glad that we have hope in this life. One day, Jesus is going to call us away. But until that time, we're going to be living, letting our light shine, salt in this earth, preaching this gospel, testifying, loving people, helping people, encouraging people, being the hands and feet and the voice of the Lord. Come on, somebody. God gave us power. 
He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. He said, to the uttermost parts of the world. Oh my goodness, not just right here, but you don't know who you might affect. You don't know who you might reach. We got people going on missions trips. You don't know whose life you might touch or change in another country. But hey, you don't know whose life you might change at the Dollar General or at the Golden Pantry or at Walmart or at Publix or Kroger or wherever it is you might go. You don't know how it might help somebody to tell them, I know a man that gave his life for you. I know a man that shed his blood. Oh, even though they killed him, he rose from the dead and he's coming back to get a church. He's coming back one day that where he is, we can be also. Oh, there's hope because there is a resurrection. I'm thankful for it. But one of the greatest parts about it is is that he said it. People wonder, can I trust him? Let me tell you, you can trust him. He said it. When they saw that tomb was empty, he's risen just as he said. But when he popped into that room in the middle of all them sad people and said, peace be to you. I don't know how much peace was actually going on at that moment because if somebody just pops into your room you, you got to figure out real quick, is this good or bad? And there might have been two or three that got out the door we don't even know. Because when you're, you're locked in a room because you're worried about getting maybe put to death yourself and all of a sudden the one that was dead, the last time you saw him, he was hanging on a cross. And the last time you saw him, his body was ripped to shreds. And the last time you saw him, it was blood and, and gore. And, it was, and he was dead. And now he's saying, peace, be still, or peace unto you. And, and, and maybe he was telling someone, be still, don't run. <laughs> but, it, but uh, you know, just letting them know, I said it. I told you, if they destroy this temple, that in three days I would raise it up. I would be whole. I would be new. I can believe every word because Jesus kept that word. Because Paul said, our faith. It, it, it can be in him, but it, wouldn't, it would be vain if he didn't raise from the dead. It wouldn't make any difference. It wouldn't have any power. There would be no punch to it if he was still in the ground. He said, but our faith is tied to that resurrection. And so if he rose from the dead, you can believe every word that Jesus said. In Matthew 17 and 23, Jesus said, they're going to kill me. And on the third day, I will be raised again. And they were so sad and so sorry at that point because they don't understand what's going on. They don't get it yet. It took an empty tomb and a voice of an angel to remind them he is risen just as he said. And so Paul talking to us, he's really, he's taking the back door into encouraging us right here. He's saying if there is no resurrection, your faith for miracles, healing, restoration, blessings, or deliverance, that's all in vain. There's no doors opening. There's no pulling people out of the fire. There's no power over the enemy. If there is no resurrection, we're not saved. I've wasted my time preaching. You've wasted your time sitting and listening because it's in vain. And then we're most miserable because we believed and trusted that everything Jesus said was true. Our existence hangs on the fact that that tomb was empty. But now is Christ risen from the dead. 
he made sure to remind the church when John saw him in Revelation, he said there was a throne and, and there was one on the throne and Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Hello, somebody. He said, I could get myself over to that death of the cross because I knew what was on the other side of it. I knew that in three days I'd be back and I'd have power over death, hell, and the grave. I'd have the keys of hell and death. Oh, if there was no resurrection, hell and death, that's our future. Oh, but because he lives, there's a place prepared that where he is, I can be also. I don't have to let my heart be troubled. I don't have to be afraid. He said, if you believe God, believe also in me. So that's what we preach. We don't just preach the death. And we don't just preach the burial. But we preach the resurrection. That's the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. No resurrection without a death. No resurrection without a burial. But that resurrection gives power to both of those things. It is the power. That's why Paul said it's the power of God unto salvation. We can't just hear it. You got to obey it. Peter said, if judgment first begins at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel? Oh, there's a lot of people that have heard about the death, burial, and resurrection, but they hadn't done anything about it. Oh, I don't want to just believe it. I want to take part in it. I want to be like Paul when he said in Philippians 3, he said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to pursue him. I want to seek him. I want to forget about the past. I want something to give me power to keep reaching forward. I want to move forward and, and that I could have that, that glory. I, I want to make it. And that resurrection power, he said, that's what I want. I want the power that helps you live new life. Walk in the uh, in the power of the Spirit to come in the power of the Spirit as Jesus did. I, I, want, I want that. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I know about his death and I know about his burial and I've heard about his blood. But oh, I'm glad the tomb's empty. I'm glad the tomb is empty. We went to Israel several years ago and they showed us a tomb. We went into the garden and they said, "This here's a tomb and they said, this is... The guy told us, he said, now we can't tell you 100% sure this is the tomb that they laid him in. But according to our studies and research, this is as likely to be the tomb as any one of them. But what I do know is there wasn't nobody in it. Because they let us stick our head in there and see. And I'm glad there wasn't no mummy, there wasn't no body, there wasn't no coffin, there wasn't no bones. There was nothing but a slab where a body should have been. Oh, I'm glad that the tomb is empty. I'm glad that Jesus got up. I'm glad that through him getting up, he showed me no matter what knocks you down, you got resurrection power in you. He's, the scripture said, if that same spirit that raised Jesus up dwells inside of you, well, I, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When I fall, I shall arise. The scripture said, don't get, get happy, tells our enemy, don't get too happy. Because when I fall, I'm getting back up. But you never get up under your own power. It's through him. 
He brings you that. It's that resurrection power that lives inside of you that gets you back up. When life hits you hard, when things knock you down, when things go sideways through the storms of life, it's that resurrection power that keeps you going. And I'm glad that I've heard it today. I'm glad for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And I know today I believe we've got some that we're going to be baptizing here in just a few moments. And honey, you can come to the music. You guys can come to the music. I'm going to wind down. I know these kids are like, Pastor, hurry up. <laughs> There's eggs awaiting. <laughs> hurry up. But it does me no good for me to tell you about the gospel if I don't tell you how to obey the gospel, does it? When Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, he, he rehearsed the Lord's history. And he talked about him being killed, but he also talked about him being risen from the dead. As he came to the conclusion of his message, he said, this same Jesus that you have crucified is both Lord and Christ. And it caused the men and women at that time to say, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then what do we do to right this wrong? How do we fix this? What do we do about this? What do we do? And Peter looked at them and said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is signifying a spiritual death because you're going to turn from the things. You're going to die out to the things that you used to do. When you repent, you turn from something. That's just not saying I'm sorry. That's a turning. If you read God's instruction to Israel in the Old Testament, he would say turn and that's, that same phrase translates to repent. It's a turning away from the things that are unlike God. Dying out to the life that we used to live. Baptism is burial. We're buried. Once something dies, you bury it. Jesus died, he was buried. And then, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He went on to say in verse 39, for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, this is for everybody, not just a select few. It's not just for some denomination. It's not just for uh, a certain social class or economic class or race or anything like that. He said, this is for everybody. It's for them all. That's the gospel. And that's how you obey it. The death, burial, the resurrection. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and then let God fill you with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. The Scripture says without that Spirit, we're none of His. I'm glad that we can have that Spirit. Now Paul, one of the interesting things about Paul is that Paul was not there that day or that it's recorded. And Paul even said that once the Lord called him, he said, I didn't even go to see the apostles or Peter, any of them. He said, I didn't go up to say, okay, 
the Lord called me, what do we do? He said, but the gospel that I got, I didn't get from man. He said, but the Lord gave it to me. So here's what Paul said to the church at Rome when he reminded them in in Romans 6. And I think I gave you 3 through 5, but I'm going to back up to the first verse. Paul said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How are we that are dead to sin? That's repentance. Once we've repented and turned our life over, how can we live any longer like that? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him. Death, burial. We are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead or resurrected from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life or, or have a resurrected life, a new life by a new spirit. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You know, one of the greatest testimonies you can have is that, yeah, I was dead, but there was a resurrection. <laughs> because We were all at one point dead in sin, but he said, but we need to be dead to sin and alive unto God. So I'm glad that when people that I knew years ago, if I run into them and they said, man, I can remember when you were here and there and this was going on, that was when I said, yeah, but there was a death and then there was a burial and there was also a resurrection and a new man come out. Now, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And Paul said in Galatians, he said, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So if I want to be new, I've got to figure out how to get in there. He said you get in through baptism. Praise God. That's how you obey the gospel. Death, burial, resurrection. Oh, I I I want to have that testimony that there's been a resurrection in my life. And I want to tell other people there's hope. Because he lives, old Bill Gaither song, we can face tomorrow. But you know, Paul said, you can follow me like I follow Christ. Don't, I'm not the Lord. But you know, people ought to be able to look at your life and with your testimony and say, well, if he can resurrect them, then he can resurrect me. If he can forgive them, he can forgive me. If he can deliver them, he can deliver me. If he can break their chains and open their prison doors, then he can do it for me too. If there could be a resurrection there, there could be a resurrection here. Praise God. Let's stand together this morning. We're so thankful. Thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, it's the power of God unto salvation. Oh, I'm thankful for it today. Thankful today that Jesus really does make a difference in our lives. That the Spirit of God really does make us new and give us new life. Amen. Let's pray together this morning for just a moment. Let's, let's just receive the word of the Lord and let God bless you.